Amen. Amen. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here tonight uh, with you all and to see many of you again uh, and be able to, to minister here again. It's been a while since we've been here. I see there's uh, some new faces, uh, so good. But uh, uh, what an honor and a privilege to come and, and uh, serve you, Reverend Pullum, and, and uh, your family and, and this church again. So uh, I'm very thankful to be here. Um, our passage this evening, uh, to begin with here, will come from 1 Timothy verse, or chapter 4, verses 6 through 16, if you'd like to turn there. Let us pray. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for revealing yourself to us, that we might know you, and, and Lord, in that, that we might have life. Uh, not only hereafter, Lord, but right here and right now. And we thank you so much for this, this blessing of being able to come together, to gather together and to, to sit under the preaching of your word and Lord, to, to be blessed and nourished by it. And so, Father, open our hearts and our minds, uh, to receive your word tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, First Timothy chapter four, verse six through sixteen, and you you may well all know that that this is one of Paul's first letters uh, to Timothy, um, near the end of his life, uh, end of his ministry. He's he's working with Timothy on uh, uh, his own ministry here in in Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, where he's experiencing some troubles, and he's having to step up and address these troubles, and, and Paul is writing to him to encourage him in this, this work that he is doing. And so I, I pray that the Lord would encourage you, Reverend Bulliam, tonight with this message as well. And I pray that you'd be blessed, and those, those whom you minister to would be blessed as well and encouraged. So uh, verse 6, chapter 4, verse 6. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, but rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hopes set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy. When the council of elders laid their hands on you, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that they may all see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers is the reading of all of God's word. 
And so, as we consider these words tonight, uh, let's consider what it means to be a good servant of Jesus Christ. If you're, you've, you've heard it many times before, I'm sure, and you, many of you know well that, that being good at anything, uh, how to become good at anything, being good at anything, it takes, there's not a secret to it, really. It's not magic. People who make it look easy have been very committed to what they do and very disciplined in what they do. And it's not, it's not about being able to, um, use or develop new and novel techniques or methods. The way you become good at anything is by devoting yourself to the practice of the basics. And if you've listened carefully to what, what I've read here in verses 6 through 16, that's the very thing that Paul is encouraging Timothy to. The basics of the Christian faith. In his autobiography, My Story, this great professional golfer Jack Nicholas revealed something interesting about his game. Every year throughout his spectacular career, he went back home to Ohio to spend time with a local golf pro there named Jack Grout, who was Nicholas's longtime mentor and golf teacher. Together they would go to the practice tee where Nicholas was, he would, he would begin each year, each new season, he would begin with the same request. Jack, teach me how to play golf. Grout would respond by doing going through the basics of the game as if Jack Nicholas was an amateur, a beginner. And they would play the course that way, and Nicholas, Nicholas again would be in the role of a student, learning the basics of the game from his teacher. And Jack knew that the key to playing great golf lay in the focus of in, in focusing on the basics. The basics. And judging from Paul's words to Timothy, Paul also knew that the key to being a good servant of Jesus Christ involved the very same thing. Focusing on the basics. You see, good servants of Christ are those who have been trained in and who have followed the basics of the Christian life. The words, the faith, the gospel, the good news, and the good doctrine, the teaching that accords with the gospel, the good news. And putting these same things before the church, the basics, again and again and again in word, and an example in his life. And this has been the pattern of every good servant of Christ Jesus in every generation, ever since the fall. Ever since. Redeemed sinners who by the great mercy of God were born again into a living hope through the preaching and the teaching and the example of prior good servants of Christ Jesus who faithfully set the same things before them and trained them in the words of faith 
and the good doctrine. To avoid silly and irreverent myths and to train themselves in godliness. That is, you understand, a training in reverence for God. The training in the, the respect for God. The fear of God. Godliness, this term appears at least 14 times in the New Testament, but only in the pastoral epistles and a little bit in Peter. A term that's been described by some as the sum of the whole of the Christian life, godliness. The inner principle and power described by the Apostle Peter himself as a gift from Christ in which all things that pertain to life and godliness even are granted to his people through the knowledge of God. When he calls them to his very own glory and excellence. First, a gift by which we are graciously equipped with all that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of God, through the words of faith and the good doctrine, and thereafter commanded to use that gift to train others and ourselves in godliness. The very same thing, the very gift we've been given. With the hope, you understand, of becoming godly of becoming Christ-like. Not only hereafter, right now. Right now. A promise grounded in sovereign grace for which we are responsible to believe, to train in, to follow, to teach. To teach. As Paul explained to Timothy, Godliness is of value in every way. Every way, as it holds a promise for the present life and also for the life to come. To the end, to this end, we toil and we strive because we have our hopes set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, Jews as well as Gentiles, especially, that is, most assuredly, those who believe. Those who believe and follow the words of faith and the good doctrine set before them by good servants of Jesus Christ. The whole of the Christian life, the whole of the Christian religion, godliness, it flows out of the basic words of the Christian faith. The gospel, the good news, and the good doctrine Good teachings that accord with the good news, the gospel. It is of these things that Paul speaks when he says to Timothy, if you set these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. And of the two paragraphs in our passage, They both began with the injunction to to teach these things, to put them before the church, to teach them, command and teach them. 
And the final, the final paragraph emphatically ends with the same injunction. Keep a watch on yourself and the teaching. Persist in this. Persist in it. Reverend Pulliam, if you put these things, the gospel and the good doctrines that accord with the gospel before your brothers and sisters here in Christ, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Not new and novel things. You are forbidden from irreverent and silly myths. Forbidden. But the same words of faith and the same good doctrines in which you have been trained and you have followed, put these things before the church in this way, as Paul describes, in word and by example. As you continue to train yourself in godliness. By commanding and teaching these things. By devoting yourself to the public reading of these things. To the exhortation and teaching of these things. By the practice, the practicing and the immersing of yourself in these things. By keeping a close watch on yourself and your teaching of these things. By persisting in these things. My dear brother, Kevin, I have no words for you from the Apostle Paul written here to Timothy, or to my knowledge in all of Scripture. It suggests, or even remotely suggests, that this is something that will be easy. No words. Only that it is vitally necessary. Vitally necessary to the salvation of those to whom you must put these things. And to your own salvation as well. In your toil and in your striving to do all of these things, you must set your hope ever on the living God, the only Savior of all people, most assuredly those who believe. Do not neglect the gift that you have received. Reflect often upon the good servants of Christ Jesus who have gone before you. Reflect often upon their lives. And remember well the right hand of fellowship that was extended to you at your examination and the council of elders who will lay their hands upon you this very evening. Remember these things. Treasure them. And take courage. And be comforted. That in body and soul, both in life and death, you are not your own. But you belong to your faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood is fully satisfied for all your sins and has redeemed you from all the, the power of the devil. 
and so preserves you that apart from the will of your Father in heaven, not a hair shall part from your head. Indeed, all things must work together for your salvation. Whereby his Holy Spirit, he also has assured you of eternal life. And he has made you heartily willing and ready to live unto him from here on. That you would be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. It is such a humbling thing, Lord, for us to know that we are saved by grace alone. That we are saved by your your word, that your gospel itself is the power, your power for salvation. And Father, it is such a humbling thing that you, you entrust this message, this treasure, vessels of clay. And that our, our salvation and the salvation of those who hear us, you make dependent upon these things. And Father, we thank you so much for being with us always. We're telling us and encouraging us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, with the knowledge that you are at work in us to will and work according to your good pleasure. Father, bless Reverend Holiam in his ministry here. Encourage him and strengthen him with your gospel and the good doctrines that go with it. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.